0: So today we are in part three of this series and the title I've, I've, I've given today's message is called Lunchbox Lessons. Lunchbox Lessons. You'll see a little bit about that in just a minute, but just real quick by a show of hands, how many, I wanna know uh, who are these type of people in the room and if you're joining us online, you can participate with us. How many of you enjoyed in school the subject of math. If you enjoyed math, raise your hand, raise your hand. Okay, all right, all right. How many of you did not like math at all? Math, okay, yeah, yeah. Man, we're about split, 50-50 here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my mom, I'm gonna just go ahead and just air out all my stuff right here. It's kind of, you know, I use the stage as counseling, just so y'all know. <laughs> so I just put all my stuff out there. I know my mom's probably watching, I know my grandmother's probably watching. My mom put me in honors math, honors math. Yeah, hold on, hold on. Don't jump to conclusions here. She put me in honors math. That was the only honors that she put me in. I did actually not graduate in honors at all. She just put me in honors math. And at the end, when I graduated, I'm like, why did you put me in honors math? Like I could have had the easy course. I didn't even graduate with honors. She was like, I thought you could be challenged. <laughs> like, uh, that's not cool. I don't like that. So I just want y'all to know, I went through honors math and I don't remember any of it. And but I, uh, I, I didn't really care for math too much. I was more of a science guy, yes. history guy, loved history. Yes. But uh, math was, math tripped me up, especially when we got into calculus and all that stuff, just so started tripping me up. And you know, I, when we're talking, about, we're talking about resources, we've been talking about finances, we've been talking about blessings, we've been talking about generosity. You know, when it comes to our resources, we, we know addition. You know, many of you have had addition in your finances. Maybe you've gotten a raise, maybe you've been blessed in some way, we know addition. I know all of us in here, when it comes to your finances, no subtraction. Oh, yeah. How many no y'all know subtraction? That's been, I feel like that's been all week for me. It's been subtraction for me. Um, but whether you know this or not, God is not just a God of addition. God's not just a God of subtraction. God is a God of multiplication. Yeah. How many believe that God can multiply yeah. things in your life? How many, hey, would it be okay if God multiplied your finances? Yeah. Anybody in here? Yeah. Multiplied it. Yeah. Okay, all right, I'm like, I'm done with the subtraction. Can we get to the multiplication? Today, I want us to look at a story of how God multiplies resources, because God can multiply things. We've, we've been talking over the last two weeks, really just about not stopping the flow, uh, that, that our heart is attached to our treasure, and that, that, that God wants to do something in our hearts more than he wants to do anything with our treasure. We talked about that in week one, just about the heart of it. Then week two, last week, we talked about the, the importance of firsts and the first fruits, our tithes, and what, why do we tithe? Does God really ask us to tithe? What is it all about? We talked about that, and if you've ever wondered about tithes, I, I would encourage you to go back and watch last week's message. And I, I always wanna say this because I know when we're in a generosity series or a financial series, you know, immediately people go, Up here it is, you know, the pastor wants some money, he wants wants my money, I just want you to know I don't want anything from you, Uh, I really want something for you, God wants something for you, and if you get upset about me preaching on money, you need to be upset with Jesus, because he preached more on that than he did about faith, heaven, and hell combined. Jesus was very adamant about making sure that our resources are in the right place. Billy Graham put it this way, if a person can get their money right, everything else lines up. Everything else lines up. And so today I want us to look at a story in Matthew chapter 14. We're going to read through about seven or eight verses. Uh, So we're going to read the whole story together. Then we're going to come back and and I'm going to kind of unpack this story a little bit for us to follow through. So if you're ready for God's word, say, let's go. All right, let's do this. All right, here we go. So Matthew chapter 14, it says this, when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and he healed their sick as evening approached. Take, take thoughts of these. Okay, I'm gonna show you some things to kind of take, take thought of. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. So it goes on, he says, send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. And Jesus replied, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. It goes on in the next verse, it says, we have here only five loaves of bread and two fish. They answered, bring them here to me, he said and he directed the people to sit down on the grass. So taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks, and he broke the loaves. And then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. And they all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 baskets full of broken pieces that were left over. And the number of those who ate was about five thousand what men, men. 5,000 men besides women and children all right let's pray father we love you God we're so grateful for the fact that we're here today gathered whether it's in this room or those that are watching right online today and I'm asking God that you would you would speak that's what I want that's what we want and we need to hear your words today so would you make your life you make your book come alive God, may it it, it, um, do something inside of us that it's called to do. It changes, it directs, it corrects, it encourages. And so, Holy Spirit, come and uh, be with your people today. Come speak to us. We want to hear from you. Lord, we love you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Amen. Now, we all know this story. If you've been in church long enough, you probably know this story. is called the story of the feeding of the what? Anybody know? feeding of the 5,000, the feeding of the 5,000. But you need to understand something right out the gate, and that is in Jewish culture, it was tradition that whenever they were counting, they would only count the men. Now, before we get into what that's all about, just realize the reason that they counted the men is because for the most part, the men represented the families. And so they would just go around and they would count all of the men. And so you know, historically, a Jewish family would have anywhere between two and three children, so they would have anywhere words of four to five people in their family. So this really is not the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. This is really the story of Jesus feeding the 20,000. thousand. Twenty to 25,000 is roughly what they believe. This is actually probably, most theologians believe, the largest crowd that Jesus spoke to. One of the largest crowds, 20,000 people. And think about this. You think I'm loud. They didn't have speakers back in those days. So think about the people in the back. Can you speak up a little? 20,000 people were sitting down listening to Jesus. And I, I want us to do something. And this is what I always love to do is I want, to, I want you to join me and let's put ourselves in the story. Okay. I think it's so important for you that as you're reading the Bible, especially as you go through the gospels, that you get yourself into the story. So I want you to imagine for a moment that you are one of the 12 disciples. You're on Jesus's team. The story goes on and it says that they come to this place. Jesus has such great compassion for them. He's preaching to all of these people and there's 20,000 people and, and the disciples get to the place where the disciples are getting a little hungry. And so I want you to just imagine with me just for a moment that the disciples all gather themselves together because, you know, the worship was great. Now Jesus is up preaching. You know, normally he he preaches these, you know, one little parables and then and then we move on, but but he's got he's got, you know, part one at one at, at twelve and, and then he keeps going, it's one o'clock, and he keeps preaching, it's two o'clock and he keeps preaching, and it's 4 o'clock, and it keeps preaching, and it's 5 o'clock. Uh, it, 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 the, the scripture actually says that it started getting getting dark. Like, it was getting late. And so the, the disciples, I mean, know the disciples are people too. And so the disciples are like, they, you know, they're looking at each other going, you hungry? I'm hungry. You hungry? I'm hungry. Yeah, I'm starving, man. I, listen, if he keeps this up, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Uh, he, they were getting a little hangry. Y'all know what hangry is? Lindsay gets a little angry every once in a while, all right? We were talking about this last week, and she said after the two services, she's like, don't even talk to me until you put food in me, all right? So just let y'all know. Y'all here for the 9 o'clock. She's good. 11 o'clock. Yeah. And so <clears throat> after that, gets a little, hang- gets a little hangry. We got to eat. And these guys are getting to that place. They're like, man, if I don't get some food, I'm going to die, you know? And, and I, I can only imagine in the moment that one of the disciples goes, that's it. That's it. Let's go to Jesus. And let's tell him the people are hungry. We know he cares about people. I mean, he loves these people, I think, more than he likes us. So let's just tell him that the people are hungry. Okay, good, 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 all right. And then think about it, then they've gotta select a representative. So one of the 12 has to go to Jesus. So now imagine Jesus is standing up. Jesus is preaching in front of 20,000 people. I mean, he is in the flow. And can you imagine that you're the representative now that has to go up to the Messiah? <clears throat> excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Lord, Lord, excuse me, excuse me. Come, excuse me, one, one second, one second, one second. Hey, this is good. Hey, can you hold on one second? Jesus, listen, um, this whole series of messages that you're preaching in one day, it's, it's, it's really good. Listen, I... I could sit here and listen to this all day, all day. I mean, me and the disciples, y'all right? Y'all good, it's good, yeah. Man, this is is some good stuff that you're sharing. I just want you, man, so powerful. But you know what, we're really concerned. You know, we're concerned about the people. It's getting late, the restaurants are closing, Jesus, and I don't know what we're gonna do, so I think you need to just kinda, just kinda wrap it up. (laughs) Wrap it up. And so imagine Jesus is going, oh, you think I should wrap it up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I, I think you just need to kind of wrap it up. You know, they all, they all want to eat. And so Jesus goes, oh, you're concerned about the people? Yeah, we're, con- we're concerned about the people. He says, okay. Well, then you give them something to eat. Come again? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't need to go away. Look, Scripture says it. Watch, watch what the Scripture says. They don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. You talking you talk to me? Me? Yeah, you give them something. Uh, 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 okay, and so Jesus goes back to starts preaching. Now you gotta go back to your disciples, all your homeboys, and you go back and they're like, what'd he say, what'd he say, what'd he say? Well, okay, listen, uh, I told them that the people were hungry. You told them that? Yeah, exactly, I told them the people were hungry. Okay, all right. What did, what did Jesus say? He, so, okay, see, so Jesus said, okay, hold on, guys. Jesus said, you give them something to eat. He said, what? He said, you give them something to eat. What did you say? I don't know. What do you say to that? I don't know what to do. I don't, I don't know. Guys, we've got to give them something to eat. If the master said it, we've got to do it. So now imagine they're in a place, they don't have any food, They got nothing. So they go on the, they go on the, you know, the search and here comes a little boy. If you, you can read this story actually in all different gospels. And we find out that there's a little boy and little boy. And I can just imagine Peter, because Peter's a little rough around the edges, grabs the bag, says, what you got in there? And he opens up the bag and it's two fish and, and, and five pieces of cornbread. That's it. Okay. That's all we got. That's it. And so imagine they bring him back. What'd y'all get? Nobody got anything. Nobody got anything. Peter, I got, I got something. What'd you get? I got two fish and some cornbread. All right. Okay, all right, all right, all right. So now imagine that in this moment, what are we gonna do? Imagine now in this moment that he's gotta know, you know, go bring this. Representative's gotta go bring it, bring it to Jesus here. And so they get to Jesus yet, yeah, they go back to him. And Jesus goes so what'd y'all get? He said, well, uh, this is all we got. And he shows them the two fish and the five loaves in that moment. Now, we've read this story, so we know how it goes. But so often when you read stories that are much like this, whether it's like Jonah and the whale, or Jesus, you know, being birthed from a virgin, or so many of these stories that are absolutely crazy, I think we can lose the awe of the moment. That here we are with two fish, five little rolls, and Jesus is like, okay, good, we've got that here. And so today I want us to look at this story because this is huge here, about lessons that we can learn in this story when it comes to the lunchbox lesson. And the first lesson is this, and I want you to write this down, that all you have is all God needs. Yes. Yep, that's good. All you have is all God needs. Look what, look what Matthew chapter 14 says this. Matthew 14 verse 18, it says this. Bring them here to me, he said. This is what he tells us. All right, so let's start with this first question. Here's the first question. Did Jesus know that they would not have enough means to feed all the 20,000 people? Yes or no? Yes. So second question, then why would God, why would Jesus ask them to feed all these people when he knows that they don't have enough resource to actually meet the need? Think about this. Because in order for you to be used by God, you must be dependent on God. And how many times have you and I not given to God what he's asked of us because we didn't think it was enough? How many times have we not stepped out in obedience to God because whatever he was asking of us, we didn't think we had enough of? I'm not smart enough, not intelligent enough, I don't have enough money, I don't have enough leadership, I don't have enough skills, I don't have enough, you just fill in the blank, I don't have enough, and you fill in whatever it may be. But Jesus was simply saying to his disciples, it's enough for me if you'll let me use it. If you'll give it to me, I can make whatever you have be more than enough. See, what you need to understand is that anytime God is asking you for something, it's never about the amount. It's always about the obedience and the willingness. That's all that it's about. It's never about the amount. When God says to go bless somebody, it's never about the amount. It's about the obedience and the willingness. When God tells you to step out and go speak to somebody, it's never about what it is. It's about the obedience and the willingness. God is wanting to know if I can trust you to obey what I'm asking you to do. And so when he tells these guys, hey, you give them something to eat. And they go and they find this little thing and they bring that back to him and go, this is all we have. And I wonder how many times we've come to Jesus or we've come to God and we say, God, this is all that I have. And we need to hear the words of the Father that says, all you have is all I need. All you have is all I need. Now watch this. This is huge here. When God is about to do something, he invites you and I to partner alongside with him. And the biggest obstacle to partnering with God is will you and I say yes? Will we say yes? Now, for those that don't know, I grew up in church my entire life. I mean, almost my entire life. I mean, I came out of the womb, the doctor spanked me and I said, Jesus, that's how it was. Not so much, but it's close. Like, I grew up in church my whole life. I went to Sunday school my whole life. I was, you know, my grandmother was a worship leader. Uh, my, 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 My family served in church, like, literally my whole life. I went to private school my whole life. So, I mean, I was... I've been in church a long time. I I went into church where they sang all the hymns and all the the older songs and all the classics. That's why I'm always kind of drawn to classic songs just because that's what I grew up in. And there was a song that I remember growing up. I think it was probably junior high days, maybe elementary days. And here's how the song went. It said this, I'll say yes, Lord, yes. Anybody know this song? Anybody ever heard this song? This is a song right here. I'll say yes. Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. I'll say yes, Lord, yes, I will trust you and obey. And when your spirit speaks to me, with my whole heart I'll agree. And my answer will be yes, Lord, yes. That's it. That's how it went. All right, so every time I say yes, I want you to, I want you to say it with me. I'll say, yes. Lord, yes. to your will and to your way, I'll say, yes. Lord, yes. I will trust you and obey. And when your spirit speaks to me, with my whole heart I'll agree, and my answer will be, yes. Lord, Come on, choir, give yourselves a hand. Give yourselves a hand. Listen, God has has, has decided to partner with you. Question is, have you decided to partner with him? He wants to partner with you. Which, by the way, this is a huge part of understanding how God works. Without God, I cannot. But without me, God cannot. Now, God can do miracles, and oftentimes he will bypass us, but he will usually bypass us for someone who will say yes. This is what he does. And how many, think about this, how many lost opportunities, I just think about this in my own life, how many lost opportunities have we missed to be blessed and to be a blessing because we haven't said yes? Because we say, God, this is all I got. God, you see my bank account. God, you see my skills. God, you see my lack of this. God, you see my lack. And God says, all you have is all I need. You don't need more education. You don't need more training. You don't need more resources. God says, all you have is all I need, and if you'll give me what little that you have, watch what I can do with what you little have, because it's little in your hands, but it's great in mine, okay? So that's number one. So lesson number one is all you have is all God's need. Here's, here's a second lunchbox lesson that we have, and that is this. Watch this. Your appreciation invites God's participation into your situation, I know that's a mouthful right there. Say that five times fast. All right, we're gonna all say this one together. All right, ready? You're, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Ready, here we go. Your appreciation invites God's Participation. into your... Participation. Now notice what happens here. So, so they bring the, the two fish and the five loaves to Jesus, okay, 20 plus thousand people with a Happy Meal, And here we are in this moment, and I want you to see what Jesus does because Jesus says, bring it to me, bring it to me. Look what what it says in verse 19. This is huge here. And he directed the people, this is what Jesus said, he directs all the people to sit down on the grass. You read in different other, in in, uh, uh, Mark and Luke and John, it says that he he tells them to to sit down in groups of 50. And he takes the five loaves, Jesus takes the two fish, and he, everybody say this, what does he do? He what? He looks up to heaven, and what does he do? He gives thanks and he breaks the lows. Now, different translations will say this kind of in different ways, but the, the, the only two things that really get changed in other translations, it says instead of it saying he gave thanks, it says he blessed it and broke it. He blessed it and he broke it. But I want you to know, I love what this says in this translation, he blessed it the way that it was blessed Was with gratitude. He gave thanks. This is huge here. How many know some people have the spiritual gift of complaining? Y'all know some people? Don't look at them if they're in this room right now, but there are some people who have the spiritual gift of complaining. They are constantly complaining about everything. They're always complaining about the weather. It's too hot. Now it's too cold. It's too humid. It's too rainy yesterday. It's too this. It's too that. They're the same ones that can open up a refrigerator full of food and say, there's nothing to eat. They're the same ones that could sit in front of a TV with 200 channels and go, there's nothing to watch. They're the same people that can walk into a closet full of clothes and say, (laughs) nothing to wear. wear." Is this not true? They can find any situation and complain about it. Now think about this, this is huge here. I love what Dr. Dell Robbins says, he put it this way. He said I used to think that people complain because they had a lot of problems but I've come to realize that they have a lot of problems because they complain yes. I mean you no know, complaining people seem to always find problems yeah. always seems to be hounding them tracking them finding them because there's always a negative critical complaining ungrateful spirit that is on them and they can turn a blessing into a burden And here we are, Jesus, in this moment with only two fish and five loaves. That's all you got. And you could think in that moment, Jesus could be, really, guys? Really? This is all that we got? I mean, y'all couldn't go find any more. But instead of Jesus looking down to see his lack, he looked up to see his provision. This is huge here. You need to understand how this works because gratitude comes from what you look at. And right now we are in, of course, the Thanksgiving spirit. We've got Thanksgiving coming up just in a couple of days, talking about this idea of thankfulness and gratitude. But notice that he didn't look down at the bread, he looked up at heaven. Because if he looked down at the bread, he would see not enough, but he looked up to heaven, he'd see more than enough. And oftentimes what ends up happening is maybe we are down because we're looking down. I mean, no, if you're looking down at your sickness, you're always gonna be sick. But if you look up to your healer, you realize that he can do things that you can't do. You know what I'm talking about? You look down at your resources, your meager resources that you have, and you go, Man, I, ain't, I ain't gonna make it, God, I ain't gonna make it. But if you look up and you realize he is my provider, he is my source, he is my helper, he is the one that can get me through this, if I look down at my problems all the time and I look down at all my issues all the time, of course I'm gonna be depressed. But if I lick my head up and I look up and say, he is my help and he is my source and he is my righteousness and he is my father and he is my provider. You look down, you'll always see bad situations. You look up, you see a good, good father. And the enemy, I'm gonna tell you how the enemy works. The enemy wants you to constantly be looking down at what you don't have. Gratitude is when what you have becomes enough. Entitlement is when what you have is not enough. There's so many entitled critical people because they continually look at what they have and they go, it's not enough, it's not enough, it's not enough, it's not enough. And Jesus in this moment models to us something that is so huge that if you want God's participation in your situation, it begins with appreciation. It begins with thanking him for who he is. And I came today to hopefully by the Spirit of God change some of y'all's look. And I'm not talking about your outfit. Y'all look good. I'm talking about your outlook. Because some of y'all have got some bad outlooks on life. Yeah, problems have come. Yeah, there's been hardship. Yeah, maybe there's been sickness. Yeah, maybe there's been lack in resources. Guess what? We've all probably been there. But the difference between if you're going to stay in a place of lack or if you're going to stay in a place of abundance is where you're looking. What you're looking at. Because if I'm looking at what I don't have, I'm ungrateful. If I'm looking at what I do have, I'm constantly grateful. And Jesus says, hey, even in the midst of us only having this much, I'm going to look up and I'm going to give thanks I'm gonna give thanks, I'm gonna give thanks. This is what he calls us to do. And this is actually a pattern all throughout Jesus' life when Jesus' best friend, Lazarus, when he died four days in the, in the tomb, Jesus finally shows up to the scene before Jesus ever calls Lazarus to come forth. Look what this verse says in John chapter 11, verse 41. It says, says this, so they took away the stone then Jesus, what did he do? Come on, what did he do? Say it one more time, what did he do? And he said, Father, everybody help me. I thank you that you have heard me. God, I thank you that you have heard me. Can I tell you what I think is missing in so many people's prayer life is gratitude. We go to God with all of our needs, with our grocery list of things that we need for him to do, and we forget that one of the greatest things that grabs God's attention is gratitude. Gratitude, gratitude. Before he ever calls Lazarus forth, he says, God, I thank you that you hear my prayers. Now, Lazarus, come forth. God, I thank you that you are here in this moment. God, I thank you. God, I thank you. And most Christians thank God after the miracle happens, but true faith is can you thank God before the miracle happens? That's faith. Faith is can you thank God before it ever looks good? That's gratitude. Listen, because gratitude is not a feeling. Gratitude is a choice. And most people feel like, well, I just don't feel it. Well, if you're constantly going after your feelings, you'll probably never be grateful. Gratitude is a deliberate choice to to thank God for what he has given you, for who he is, and for what he is doing in your life. Is there anybody in this room that needs a resurrection in your life, but you don't want to wait till it happens after? You can give God praise and thanksgiving before it happens and thank God and go, God, thank you that you are my provider. Thank you that you're my healer. God, thank you that you're my friend. God, thank you, Lord, that you meet every need that I have. Thank you that you love my kids more than me. Thank you that you're going after You know what I'm talking about? God, I thank you. And we have so much in this nation lost our gratitude. We feel entitled to our opinions. Such an entitled people. Like we deserve something. But listen, you have a good father that loves you, that blesses you, that wants the best for you, that forgives you, that heals you. I mean, everything that you have. Yes, your situation might not be good, but your God is. And if you want God to start getting in the mix of your finances, if you want God to start getting in the mix of your marriage, if you want God to start intervening in your kids, if you want him to start intervening in your work, it begins with appreciation. How many know if your kids came to you first and said, dad, listen, I just wanna thank you. Just wanna thank you for just being an awesome dad. I thank you for everything you've given me. Dad, I, I just want you to know you—you're amazing. First question I'm gonna ask is, what you want? What you want? I mean, you know, that's normal, right there. What you want? What you want? But think about if that was a routine thing with your kids, that they were just constantly coming to you, just going, Dad, thank you, thank you, God, thank you, thank you, God, thank you, God, thank, thank you, thank you. How many know your heart would continually want to just be a blessing to them? Because they're not entitled to any of it; they're grateful for everything in it. I wonder what our relationship with God is like when he looks at how we respond to him and what he's done for us. Are we entitled in some way to think that God owes us? Are we grateful for the fact of what he's brought us through, what he's provided for us? Jesus began this miracle before this this miracle ever happened, Jesus began this miracle with a blessing, and that blessing was thankfulness. The Bible says in Psalms that we enter into His courts with thanksgiving. That's how we enter in. I just haven't felt God's presence lately. Enter in with thanksgiving, and watch how God's presence comes. Watch how His presence. Your appreciation invites God's participation into your situation. Number three, what you keep is all you have and what you give is what God multiplies. What you keep is all you have and what you give is what God multiplies. Now look what happens. So Jesus Jesus gives thanks, he blesses it, then he breaks it Verse 19 says, and then he gave them to the disciples. Here you have half, here you have half, here you have half, here you have half. And then the disciples gave them to the people. Okay, so yet again, let's insert ourselves into the story. Imagine you're the disciple. I mean, all he's got is two loaves, I mean two two fish and five loaves. And so imagine he just breaks off, you know, half of the bread. He gives you part of the bread. So imagine that first time you go to that kind of that first row of people. And here we are. You go to that first person and they go to peel off a piece and you're like, little, little bit, little bit. Just a, just a little bit, just, just a little bit, just a little bit. Man, just a little bit, I said. Just You go down the road, just a little bit, just a little bit. You, you get down and when you get to the end, right before it's gonna, it's like the last piece, it grows in the hand. Think about this, it grew, like peeled off, But it wasn't until they gave it that it grew. Yeah, right. oh, and watch, and it didn't multiply in Jesus' hands, it multiplied in their hands. Think about for a moment here, first off, what would have happened if they didn't allow God, Jesus, to bless and thank it, and they just went out and started passing it? it would it have multiplied? No, no it, had bless, it had to be blessed before it had to be given, but it had to be given before it could be multiplied. This is a life principle here, I'm telling you, this is huge. It had to be blessed before it could be given, and it had to be given before it could be multiplied. This is huge here. If I was Jesus and that that bread would've came into my hands and he broke it and he would've given it to me, I I mean, I probably would've looked at Jesus and go, "Uh, you wanna pray some more? No, it's blessed. Go give it away. Are you sure? Because it doesn't look blessed. But the blessing didn't happen when they kept it. Now think about this. Think about if he would have blessed it, broke it, gave it to them, and then they ate it. Now this is huge here. Because oftentimes what we fail to realize is that when God is blessing you, it's not so you can just eat it but it's so you can give it because God knows something. He knows that if I can get the resources to these guys, and if I can get the resources through these guys, watch verse 20, and they all ate and were satisfied and here we go. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. Did y'all catch it? Did you catch it? How many disciples are there? It's almost like God was like, I'm gonna have a doggy bag for each of y'all. But watch. It didn't happen until they gave it. Once they gave it, God multiply it. Because here's the fear, how many of you know, here's the fear, that when God blesses you, you need to hoard it, because you don't know if the blessing's gonna stop at any point, right? Oh, man, God, thank you, thank you, thank you. We say, thank you, God, thank you for you giving us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And we hold on to it, and we don't realize, oh, no, 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 God's called us to live in a flow. He's called us to live in this flow. And this flow is like God, if you've blessed me with it, God, I'm going to give it. And God says, "If you will if you will continue to be a conduit in which the blessings of God can flow through, I'll make sure not only you eat, not only that you're satisfied, I'll make sure you got a doggy bag to go home with." 12 baskets full. Every guy think about what they started with. One guy could carry that. And at the end of it, each guy was walking away with their own basket. Now, there's one character in this story that we really haven't highlighted that much and often I think gets overlooked. And if it wasn't for this person, none of this would happen. And that's the little boy. Think about this. Think about it. Let's rewind. Let's rewind back. One of the disciples comes up to him and goes, give me that. Think about that boy could be like, get your own. (laughs) This is my snack pack. You handle up on yourself. Like he could have, could he have not been selfish in that moment? Absolutely. But due to the generosity of a little boy. Come on, just that alone will preach in and of itself. Because last time I checked, Jesus said we need to have childlike faith. Right? Childlike faith that a little boy says, you can, you, you can have it. And because a little boy wasn't stingy and selfish and allowing his mom who blessed him with the lunch or however he got a lunch to get through him, to go to the disciples, to get through them, to go to Jesus, to go through Jesus, to go back to the disciples, to go back to the disciples, to go back to the people. Think about all of the hands that this blessing had to go through. And at any point in that chain that someone could have said, nope, mine, Don't mind. Mm -mm, No. No, no, no. Now watch this. Think about the story this boy had when he went home. (laughs) Hey, Billy, how was your day? Mom. Mom. Listen. You know that Jesus dude? Listen, I went there, 20,000 people showed up. Nobody thought about lunch but me. Thank you, Mom. I just want to say thank you. (laughs) Jesus is preaching, preaching late, and they asked me for my meal, and so I just gave it to them. And, Mom, you wouldn't believe what happened. Jesus took those two fish and those five loaves and fed everybody. Boy, don't you be lying to me. Don't you be lying. No, mom, I'm telling you the truth. Telling you the truth. Over 20,000 people benefited from this one boy's obedience. And every day of that boy's life, I can almost guarantee you he shared that story. (laughs) All because of his willingness, first off, to say this, all that I have is all God needs. Notice that Jesus wasn't mad that he didn't give more. The boy gave all that he had, which is plenty enough for all that God needs. Jesus models to him appreciation that invites the participation of God into every situation that we're in. And God shows up and when God shows up, he can multiply things in a moment. But then the miracle continues to happen because the miracle doesn't happen in Jesus' hands. The miracle happens in the disciples' hands because the disciples then, because how many you know they were all hungry? Now think about this, okay? Let's just pause for a quick moment and think about this for a moment. The disciples are hungry. They have food in front of them. Let's pause for this moment. Let's just, let's enter into the moment. They're starving. They've got food in their hands. And Jesus says, don't eat. Go give it away. Oh, I'm going to die. What if there's not enough for me? You know, how many know like Peter's like, I'm going to stash a little bit. <laughs> like, take a little piece, little piece. Like that's how I would be. So think about this is a test for the boy. This is a test for the disciples to go that even when God gives you something right in front of your hands and blesses you, would you still in that moment be obedient to say, I'll say yes, Lord yes, even when I'm hungry, I'm gonna make sure to feed everybody else. And G- this is a principle in the kingdom. If you'll make sure that God's people are full, he'll always make sure you're full. This is a principle in kingdom. Listen, you build God's house, he takes care of your house. You- Listen, the Bible says that if we will give, that he will always make sure that there's a- it's overflowing on the way back. Give, press down, shaking together, running over it. So today, I don't know what that may look like for you. It may be in the area of finances. It may be in the area of relationships. It may be in the area of encouragement. Maybe God is challenging you right now. He's speaking to you about something that you need to go and do. You just never know what's on the other side of your obedience. But I'll say, yes, Lord, yes. So God is inviting us, OSC, to partner with him to reach not only our city and this region but God is calling us and inviting us to partner with him to reach children that we will see in the next weeks we've got our giving hope outreach that's on the 10th an opportunity for us to be a blessing here in our community for those families that are right here And we get the opportunity to say yes Lord yes Father we love you God, we thank you so much today. We thank you so much today that everything that we have comes from you. You've called us to be stewards of this, our relationships, our resources, our time, our talent. Lord, would you forgive us if we've had a complaining, murmuring, grumbling spirit God, we repent of that right now. We turn from that right now. God, I pray that you would change our hearts. May we not walk into this room the same as we're about to walk out. That we would recognize, Lord, even as we sang just earlier, of the goodness of God. Lord, maybe not everything in life has been good, but you've been. You've been. You've been our provider. You've been our friend. You've been our Lord. You've been our Savior. So God, help us to see. Help us change our outlook on life. Help us to change an outlook towards a situation. Maybe right now there's a situation you're going through right now in this moment. And the Lord wants you to pre-thank him. Would you just right there where you are? You know what it is. It's in your your mind right now. Would you just right now? God, thank you that you are here. Thank you that you're a deliverer. Thank you that you're a healer. Thank you that you're a provider. Thank you that you're a reconciler. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your grace and your mercy and your strength. God, we say thank you and we say yes. If you're here in this room and you've never given your life fully to Jesus, you've never said yes to him. Maybe it's been partial yeses here or there, but you've just kind of always gone back to your own way. But if you're here today, if you're watching online right now, and in this moment, God is calling you, he's calling you to say yes to him, to say yes. The Bible says that if you'll say yes to him as your Lord and as your Savior, He'll not only forgive you, but he'll change you from the inside out. So today, if you're you're here in this room or if you're watching online and you've never said yes to Jesus as being your Lord and your Savior today, I wanna... I want you to hear this good news today. He's here for you. He loves you. He wants to forgive you. He's extending that invitation to you. He's just waiting for you to say yes. On the count of three, if that's you, I want you to shoot your hands up. If you're in this room, if you're online, let us know. One, two, three. If that's you right now, anybody in this room? Thank you, right there. Thank you, right there. Anybody else? Back there. A couple of hands back there in the back. Anybody else? If you're there online right now, say, I say yes. Today, I'm saying yes. I'm saying yes to him. I want you to do this with me. I want you to join with me. There's no prayer, there's no priest, there's no church, there's no pastor that can ever save you. What it is, it's a posture of a heart. It's a confession of a mouth. And today, I want you to say this from your heart. I want you to say, dear Lord Jesus, thank you for coming to this earth and giving your life for me. You went to a cross so that I wouldn't have to go. You paid for my sins, my shame, and my guilt so that I wouldn't have to pay for it. You faced hell for me. And today, I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Come change my heart, change my mind. Give me a new heart and a new mind. Jesus, be my Savior. Father, be my home. Holy Spirit, be my helper from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen.